0: Listen up, listen up, listen up. This is The Rod Stevie Show, Toyland Productions, Toyland Entertainment, and Music Mill Entertainment. We are back, and this is the end of the year, 2020, the year that we all want to forget, the year that we all want to just throw away in the trash. And what I've been doing, I've been listening back to the podcast that I started earlier in the year, and I'm listening to how I don't understand this, but Nostradamus was in full effect because the things that I was saying back in February have all happened up until this point. And it's sad and it's destructive and it's disruptive. And I'm so upset that the things that I said in my last episode are going to come to fruition or have already come to fruition on this episode. But we're going to go through the things that I talked about in the February, back in my last episode, and go into what we're going to go into in 2021, because I didn't feel like I was in a mood to even say anything in 2020, because we all were in our own zones in 2020. We all had our own podcasts, our own things we were doing. We are baking cakes. We were you know, schooling our kids. We were doing all these things, all these activities on a remote and mobile level that it wasn't even in a place for me to even think about trying to do a podcast, because Why bother when there were so many opportunities and options out there? But right now, we got to refocus. We got to reevaluate the things that we were doing and that we need to do for 2021 to make sure that our country is going better. So the Rise TV show is fired up. We're ready to go. Let's get it. Hit the music. Self-respect, intellect, increasing our knowledge to keep ourselves in check. Positivity is all we need. Together we will succeed Yes, we are back. The Rod Stevie Show, Toyland Productions, Toyland Entertainment, and Music Milk Entertainment. Shout out to Toy Sugars for the intro and also for Timberley K, the entertainer, who put all of this together over eight years ago. I can't believe it's been eight years since I started this podcast. Without her, I wouldn't be here right now. So thank you, both of y'all, for... Helping me along this journey. And we are back. And this episode is about what has happened in 2020 and what's about to happen in 2021. We're going to go into the Electoral College and who do we vote for? People don't realize that we don't vote for the president, we vote for electors. And that's why I'm doing this on this day, December 14th, 2020. But I just want to take y'all back to memory lane to my back, my last podcast, which was February 28th. And this was interesting to me because when I was listening back to my last podcast, I noticed some of the things that I was talking about. There were two different topics that I was talking about on that day. The first one was about this new virus that was coming from China and people didn't know how to handle it. There was only a few people that were infected and they were on a boat They said at the time there was only about 13 people that were infected on the mainland of the United States of America. And on that date, February 28th, I believe, or 27th, the person that was in the White House at that particular time said that this was going to disappear. There's only a few people there. It's going to disappear. And he, at that time, organized this coronavirus task force and put the vice president of the United States as head of the task force. And when I listened back to that podcast, I was talking about how there should have been a different person as a head of the task force. Like maybe a Ben Carson who actually has a medical degree or someone who might have been more familiar, like a Dr. Fauci. um, I believe I mentioned, but of course he didn't do that. He put Mike Pence as the head of the task force. And I'm thinking back at that particular time, like, Rastradamus was on point, as sad it's unfortunate, I didn't want to be, but it actually occurred. And at that particular point, there was only about 15 people on the mainland, 57 people, 57 Americans that were infected at that time. As of right now, as I'm broadcasting this, there's over 300,000 people who have died from coronavirus. Over 14 million people have been affected that we know of from the virus. And this virus has hit personally. It's hit a lot of our friends, a lot of our family members, a lot of people that we know in the neighborhood, a lot of people that we knew in our community, people in our churches, our nurses, people who we see every single day that we cannot see now because of the inactivity, ineptitude, and just complete stupidity of the administration that we had in the White House throughout 2020. And I said had because when you're listening to this podcast, right now is December 14th, 2020. And I'm going to get into the importance of this day, December 14th, 2020, in a, in a little bit. Also, in that same podcast, we talked about the Democrat dilemma. The Democrat dilemma was which direction that you wanted to go. Did you want to go into the direction of the far left with Bernie Sanders? Did you want to go to the direction of someone in the middle like a Joe Biden? Or did we miss out on someone who could have been right in between Bernie and Biden like a Kamala Harris? So when I think about that, I think about how things have changed since February 28th. That was the dilemma back in February 28th. And right now at this particular point, as I'm taping this, as I'm recording this, the democratic party and the people of america chose joe biden as their president-elect and kamala harris as their vice president-elect even though the current president of the white house at this time is disputing it all the way that's why i'm going to talk about a couple of things i'm going to talk about where do we go from here when it comes down to the virus and who do we really vote for when it comes down to elections because there's a big election coming up in january 5th in the state of georgia that will eventually change the whole scope of our country so sit back relax i'm fired up i'm really excited about this here and we're going to make sure that we get all the information that you need to make sure that we get all the definitions of what we need to do in order to make sure that our country and our society is better in the future let's go Yes, and we're back. This is Rod Stevie Show, Music Mill Entertainment, Toyland Productions, Toyland Entertainment, and we are talking about the significance of December Fourteenth, Twenty Twenty. As I'm broadcasting right now, there has been so many significant things that have gone down on this day. The very first thing about December Fourteenth, Twenty Twenty takes me back to my very first topic of February 28th, 2020. And that was the unusual virus that was coming out of China, China that was eventually called COVID-19, aka the coronavirus. At that time, we didn't know what to do. We didn't know how it was going to affect our lives. But now, coming into the end of 2020, going into 2021, we know how it's affected us. Over 300,000 people have died in the United States. Over 14 million people have contracted the virus, as we know, in 2020. So this is more serious than people anticipated, or maybe people anticipated it, but the people who are in charge try to ignore it and dismiss it as, as no big deal. So we don't know which one was which, but it ultimately did affect each and every one of our lives. So December 14th, 2020 is a very important day in American history because this is the day that people started receiving vaccines. And there's levels to it. And the levels are the issue with the vaccine and the blessings of the vaccine. So let's talk about the blessings first. The blessings of this vaccine is that right now, as I'm talking, people all across the country, frontline workers, the nurses, the doctors, those who have been in direct contact with people infected with COVID-19, are getting vaccinated right now. So, if the vaccine is effective, is effective, I would say. That has a very good um a good rate of controlling the vaccine then this is a very good thing if it's infective, that's why i didn't want to say it first if it's effective yes then this is a great thing if it's infective then there's going to be a problem so that's why i say where do we go from here for the vaccine so people have to decide when it comes down to getting the vaccine what are you going to do Of course, there's a lot of people that say, yes, the vaccine is 95% safe. You take the vaccine, you might get a cold for a while, but after that, you're fine. It's going to help you. You're helping millions and millions of people across the country and around the world if you get this vaccine. But I say, where do we go from here? Because we've been down this road before. As an African-American man, we've been down this road. We've been tested, poked, and prodded all throughout the history of the United States of America when it comes down to vaccines. So, this is going to be an issue that we as black and brown people have to deal with. An issue that a lot of people who are poor have to deal with. Because you might feel that the vaccine might not benefit you. But there's jobs that tell you you might not get the job unless you get the vaccine. So where do you go from here? It's a very tricky aspect to think about. For every polio vaccine that saved millions of people, or every tuberculosis and MMR vaccine, you got the syphilis. And tuberculosis became a safe vaccine because it tested it on on Hispanics down in Arizona and New Mexico. That's why there were high cases of tuberculosis in Arizona and New Mexico, but the rest of the country was safe from tuberculosis because it wasn't affecting their communities. So when I see the head of the NIH and the head of the FDA saying, we need more minorities to get this vaccine first, that puts a red flag in a lot of us. And you know, it may be a little bit of fear, maybe apprehension. It may just be not trusting the people who are saying this. Now, imagine this if the vaccine was safe, wouldn't you think the current president of the United States and all of his staff get the vaccine, considering that the majority of them have already had the virus? Think about it the president, the first lady, the uh, Their son, Baron, their attorney, the chief of staff, their private attorney, the press secretary, all of these people had the virus. Most of their kids, they had the virus. But now on December 14th, 2020, when the virus is available and the FDA is saying that, Mr. President, you need to take this shot. He tweets today that he does not want any of his staff to take a shot, and he will take it, quote, at the appropriate time. How does that boost confidence in me? If the president of the United States at the time doesn't even want to take the shot that's supposed to, supposedly saving the world, which he claims is going to save the entire world, and he doesn't want to take the shot, how is that going to give me confidence to take the shot when he doesn't even want to take the shot? How are you going to try to save the world when you don't even want to save yourself? How are you going to win when you ain't right within, as a great poet, Lauren Hill said? That's what he's doing right now. But he wants us to believe that that virus is 100% safe. Dr. Fauci says it. FDA says it. NIH says it. And, you know, I trust Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci, I don't think he... Is a bad guy. I don't think he's trying to steer us wrong. He, but the thing is, Fauci has been working on this AIDS, AIDS vaccine for forty years. So he's been working on the AIDS vaccine for forty years in six presidential administrations. But wants us right now to trust him on a vaccine that was made in eight months. It's been forty years, and you haven't found a vaccine for AIDS. But in eight months, you're gonna say, Oh, this one's good, this one's okay. I'm not saying don't take it, I'm not, I'm not telling you and persuading you either way. But you gotta think of all the complications that could come from it that they haven't released, that the administration was trying to fight to avoid to even talk about. That's the thing, people don't realize. It's on, that's why it's coming out December 14th, because December 10th, four days ago, the chief of staff called the head of the Food and Drug Administration and told him, you better, you better green light this now or else you might as well quit. So basically, he was telling the head of the Food and Drug Administration, don't do your job. Don't try to find out what side effects this may have, because we want this done before the current administration leaves the White House. So what what happens if he takes an extra week and say, I want to find out what the side effects were. If you have a peanut allergy, will this affect you? If you're pregnant, will this kill your baby? If you have diabetes, will this affect you and kill you? That's what the FDA was trying to find out. But the president and his staff wanted them to force this into effect now to avoid talking about the court cases that he lost um, for the election. We're going to get into all that later, but that's why he wanted to get this vaccine pushed out so quickly. So where do we go from here? What are you going to, if you are a nurse, if you are a doctor that deals with COVID patients every single day, do you trust this administration on what they're trying to push to you in order to get this done? In the back of your mind, you're going to say, yeah, if this can keep me from working 18, 19, 20, 36, 48 hour straight shifts and save the people that I'm seeing in my hospital bed every single day. Yes, let's do it. Or if this is going to save my life and prevent me from getting the illness that I'm keeping people from dying every single day. Yes, let's do it. That's what these front line, these nurses, these doctors, all these um, medical professors and medical examiners that have to deal with COVID every day are thinking about. And I understand that. If you're a bus driver. If you're a correction officer. If you're a person who works at Walmart. If you're a person who works at any grocery store in this country. Uber driver. And you know that this really has been rushed in eight months. And you know that they want you to get it first because more than likely you are a person of color. But they want you to get it right now. To test it out pretty much and see how it works. So that way if it works and you are alive, amen, hallelujah, by the spring and summertime they can give it to the people in Soho. The people in Hollywood on Rodeo Drive can get themselves a vaccine and go out and go to shopping at Tiffany's with their pools. That's where we are right now. So where do we go from here? Do you trust it? Right now, December 14, 2020. Do you trust it? Or should we wait for the other ones to come out that's already been, that's already seen the pluses and minuses of this Pfizer vaccine? Because there will be some pluses, I'm sure. And there will be some minuses. One, a the minus, they can't even ship it to everybody because you got to put dry ice on the vials to make it effective. The ones that are coming down the road next spring, next summer, you don't need that. It's one shot. You don't have to put dry ice. does it be 100 degrees below zero. And you don't have to go back in two weeks to get another shot. Right now, with this shot from Pfizer, you got to go out. They got to get it. Out the dry ice, 100 degrees below zero, stick you with it, got that cold um, vaccine shooting through your veins. You get that, you freeze for a little bit, you go home, come back two weeks, you gotta get that same shot again. But if you wait a year, Johnson & Johnson said they only have one shot. And you don't have to put it in dry ice, a block of dry ice to keep it effective. So would you take the initial shot now? Or would you wait until you see how everybody else is done? And then when Johnson & Johnson or whoever company comes in from there says, Hey, we've seen over the past seven months what happened with the Pfizer and Moderna. And we improved on that to make sure it's going to be better. 2.0 is always better. PlayStation 5 is better than a PlayStation 1. So I'm going to leave that part right there. Where do we go from here? And then when we come back. We're going to talk about the second reason why December 14 Twenty Twenty, is important. Yes, yes, we are back. The Rod Stevie Show, Music Mill Entertainment, Toyland Productions, Toyland Entertainment, and this is our main topic. For tonight, people who are listening right now, it's December 14th, 2020. There's been so much that's been going on today. We just talked about the vaccine. We just talked about how the complications and the complexities of having a vaccine going out right now so quickly after eight months. But the main story that comes out of all of this. Dealing back to my last episode in February comes out of all this. Everything that we have led up to the end of 2020 on the Rise TV Show podcast is right here. Who am I really voting for? I talked about back in February the... The concept of voting, the concept of why it's important to vote for your, your Democratic and your Republican electors. I always talk about on my show how it's not just about the president. It's about your sheriff. It's about your judges. It's about your secretaries of state. It's about your state legislatures. It's about the people who do the, the review of the voting. I've been talking about that for years and years and years. Eight years I've been doing podcasts, and I always tell people it's not about the president alone when you vote. Back in 2012, I said, you weren't voting for Obama, you're voting for your sheriff, you're voting for your judges, you're voting for your representatives, you're voting for your senators, you're voting for everybody on this aspect. And now you see why it is important to vote for the right people in your state. And I say it like that because of this. Right now, as I'm recording this, CNN msnbc They're showing the confirmation votes of the electors of the United States presidency. Have you ever seen that ever on TV? And the answer, I will tell you right now, 100% is no. And the reason why it's no, because there was no question, there was no doubt, there was no reason why you would ever have to question the presidency of the United States up until here. Even back in 2000. Even back in 2000, Bush versus Gore went to the Supreme Court, over 517 votes. Now think about it, that was only over 517 votes. A couple of, you know, know, misread votes here and there. The hanging Chad, you know, George Bush had his brother as the governor of Florida. There was a whole lot of little things in there, so it could have shifted either way. 500 votes! There's 500 people in the city that I live in right now. 500 votes could have changed the whole election of 2000. But what did Al Gore do? Al Gore said, I am tired of this. I don't want to go through all this. I am conceding the election to George W. Bush. You got it. It's good. Over 517 votes. Now, mind you, that was then. 20 years later we'll fast forward 20 years later to year 2020 we're talking not 517 votes we're talking over 7 million votes you know we're talking we're talking about 800,000 in Pennsylvania we're talking about 15,000 in Georgia we're talking about 25,000 in Wisconsin you know we're talking about 10,000 in Arizona we're talking about all these different votes So, that's much more than 517 votes determining the election. So, so people, do you understand what the electoral college is? If you don't understand what the electoral college is, you're about to get a history lesson today. So, everybody talks about the Constitution and the founding fathers and all this blah, blah, blah. How the founding fathers made a made a um, document that was a document that will be cemented and be pure for everyone in the United States you know forever that's how they make it seem but the electoral college was not about that the electoral college was made pretty much to appease slave masters. That's what it was. The Electoral College was a method to appease slave masters. As prescribed in the U.S. Constitution, American presidents are elected not directly by the people, but by the people's electors. That's what it says. So, why is this drawn out so long? Why are do we have to wait till January twentieth to get a president? This is why. The Electoral College. If we did it by popular vote, no big deal. You know, you, you see who wins, end of the night, maybe wait a week, and the states can certify the votes. You know, first week in November, you vote. Second week in November, you certify, and we can have a new president by the end of the year, January first, new president, end of story. That's the way it's, that's the way in a perfect world, it would be. But this country is a country of tradition. That's another reason why December 14, 2020 will go down in history. Because people are arguing about the Cleveland Indians um, no longer being the Cleveland Indians. It's been the Cleveland Indians for 105 years. They're taking their mascot away from them because people are upset of the name Indians. Indians? Not a... You know doesn't bother me too much some people might be upset about it chief Wahoo was a problem you got this half naked dude with a with a headdress and a scalpel with a gap tooth that was the problem with the Cleveland Indians chief wahoo not the name Washington football team now that were the Redskins the logo was great the logo was powerful I always said that logo looked like my uncle it was the name that was the problem so America has always had this issue with trying to deal with what is right and what is wrong. Thus, the Electoral College. They have this issue with dealing with what is right and what is wrong. The Electoral College is one of those issues where people have an issue. People have to deal with what is right and what is wrong. And the reason why is because states like South Carolina, Florida, Iowa, Ohio, Pennsylvania no maybe not Pennsylvania because they do have some big cities those states will lose the power that they have in determining our election if you take away the electoral college and why do they have that power you ask they have that power because back when the founding fathers the quote unquote founding fathers created the electoral college what they did they didn't want to piss off slave owners slave owners said, "Yeah, we got millions of people down here. You got people in you got people in New York and Philly and Boston and and Newark, New Jersey and 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 Washington D.C. You got people up there. That's cool. But we down here in South Carolina, we got more people than you. So, the founding fathers said, "They're not people, they're slaves. These negroes can't vote. You got a lot of women down there, they can't vote." So the South said, you know what, you're right, they can't vote, but that's affecting us. That's taking our rights away. So why can't we count them some way? So there's the three-fifths rule that created the Electoral College that founded the way we elect our presidents to this day. Women weren't voting back then. Black people weren't voting back then. They couldn't even get off the plantation back then. Women had to be in their place back then. That's why... The South said, you know what, we need these rights. Fast forward 240 years. Fast forward 240 years, where the South still saying? South Carolina and Florida and Texas. They're saying we need to have our rights. You know, they. So what they want to do? They want to throw away now those votes from Atlanta. They want to throw away those votes from Philly. They wanna throw away them votes from Milwaukee. They want to throw away them votes. You know, they, they were trying to block those votes in Houston, trying to keep people in Houston from voting because they know a whole lot of black people are doing mail-in ballots. So they said we're gonna put one mail-in ballot in the whole county in Harris County uh, that the city of Houston is in. How are you gonna have one mail-in ballot box in Harris County when you have three million people in that area? That's what they did. So That's where it comes down to. We're not voting for the president. So, right now, as I'm speaking, the electors on December 14th, 2020, the electors have put their names in. They have certified that Joe Biden is a president elect. So, everything should be good. Yay, Joe Biden's a president elect. No, hold up, wait. That's not how it goes. Because you have to wait until January 6th for those votes to be certified. And who is the head of the person who certifies those elections? None other than the vice president of the United States, Mike Pence. So Mike Pence has to sit in front of the entire body of Congress, the House and the Senate. And they have to certify that they recognize the votes from their states. Think about how that how dumb that sounds. So, first, the people vote. So when the people vote, the electors have to decide if they want to go along with the people's votes. So that they have to go along with it. Because say for example, South Carolina, you know, one person could have said, even though Trump won majority of South Carolina, there could have been one dude from Charleston that said, nah, nah, be nah. I'm gonna. I want to put my vote in for Biden, and that vote would have gone in for Biden. Like, that's the thing. That could happen. One person that's called a rogue elector, where even though the whole state voted for one president, one person or two people or three people can come out and say, "Nope, I am a going against my people and voting for the person I want to vote for." So they can do that. That didn't happen in this case. Right now, Biden is up 302 to 232. And that's not including Hawaii and Alaska, which will go as it's supposed to go. So you don't have to worry about that. So now, those electors take their certification to Congress. And now Congress has to decide if they want to go along with those electors. So think about that. The people voted. Doesn't count the electors voted doesn't count it comes down to the house so Normally it's not a big deal this year. It's a very big deal because 126 Republicans in the house Including the head of the Republican Party in the house signed on that lawsuit to overturn the election so, think about that. Everybody's going through so far, the people have voted. Fine, it's been counted, recounted, going in court, Supreme Court, all of it been approved, good. The electors, today, December 14, 2020, counted, voted, said everything's fine. Now it goes to Congress. And do you think Congress is actually going to do their job they can't pass a bill for COVID relief. They can't pass a bill for unemployment relief. People are about to lose their houses. People have lost their jobs. People about to lose their homes. People are going to be homeless on the street. No job, no money, no food. The president vetoed the military, so they got no military benefits. And you think these are the people who are actually going to decide in January 6th who the president's going to be. If you believe that that's the right process, then you're absolutely crazy. If you feel this is the right process, we have to go through every single presidential election because it's a bunch of crap. And they know it on the Trump side. So they put they're getting all this money up. Think about the pres, the 45th, 45, 45, I call 45. 45 has raised over 200 million dollars. You don't think the 100 out of those 126 Republicans they're not getting the cut of that? Come on, he raised 200 million dollars. 126 Republicans, you drop them a mil, they're going to be fine. Like with anything you say, because they know more than more money is going to be coming in there. So January 6th, they're going to go in there and they're going to try to blow the whole thing up and say, nope, I don't want to agree with the electors of my state. Matt Gates of Florida can say, yeah. I'm green with Florida, but I don't agree with what Georgia was doing. And there might and you know there might be a couple of representatives in Georgia be like, nope, I don't agree with that. That's why the vote in Georgia is so important right now. If Reverend Warnock and Joe Orsoff wins the state of Georgia, that gets two people out of there on January 6th to decide the presidency of the United States. That's why it's very important that if you live in Georgia and you are listening to me right now, you need to go out and vote now, not now, but right now. This is December 14th. December 15th, you can go out there and vote. You can vote by mail, you can vote in person, do what you got to do, but you got to make sure it happens because this is too important. Basically, the Republican Party in the House can block the presidential vote on January 6th by saying, hey, I don't want to do this. I, I disagree with my electors. Two people in Georgia. That's all it will take. Two Republicans in Georgia to do that. Two Republicans in Pennsylvania. Two Republicans in Michigan. That's all it will take to block the vote. To have Joe Biden as your president and Kamala Harris as your vice president. That's all it will take. And then what they would have to do, they would have to go to the governors of those states. And the governors will have to decide if it's the right thing. So it'll be a big mess. There might be two inaugurations on January 20th because the electoral college was made 240 years ago when it was just a whole bunch of rich white people who were able to vote so what we have to do we have to get a congress in there we have to get a senate in there to change the laws of this country to adjust to the times of the 21st century if we do not do that then we'll be stuck in 18th century policies and 18th century times that would keep up with 18th century standards. That's why we'll never get ahead because we say we stand tall for the Constitution, which was made 240 years ago. Think about it. 50, 60, 60 years ago, you couldn't dunk in basketball. If we stand tall to the, to the bylaws of the NBA, there'd be nobody dunking in an NBA right now. If we stood by to the bylaws of baseball 70 years ago, there'd be no black people in baseball. You know, think about all that. If we stood by the bylaws of football 80 years ago, there'd be no forward pass. Patrick Mahomes Aaron Rodgers would never exist because there'd be no forward passing. The Jets will exist because they still suck. But that's a whole different story. But this is what... We deal with when we deal with the laws of the past. If you deal with the laws of the past and you don't adjust with it, then how can you ever grow as a country? Think about if you still have to deal with Microsoft DOS in 2020. Will we have 5G? Will we have iPhone 12s? Will we have all the technology that we have? No. Because we're still dealing with MS DOS and we play an Oregon Trail on a big brick computer because we didn't want to advance. Life is about advancement. It's about growth. It's about change. If you don't change with the times, then you're stuck to repeat them. And that's my show for today. Yo, I'm fired up. Trust me, we're going to have one more show before New Year's. And until next time, we'll talk.